This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that in advance because we know you're going to do it because you don't want to hide greatness. We don't hide greatness on this show. So spread the good news tea today. We have some very interesting stuff. We all know that the Atlanta Falcons got exposed on Sunday, but how long will Arthur Smith be willing to put up with that? Also, are the Falcons finally starting to miss Cordell Patterson? And last but not least, why y'all hating on game day going down to the HBCUs? We'll talk about all that. But first, T, Falcons lose 35-17. to Gets the Cincinnati Bengals out on the road. And when I don't know about you, but when I was sitting there watching this game and I saw that pass to Tyler Boyd by Joe Burrow, I was just like, yep. And right before that, right before that, AJ Terrell went down. I was just like, yeah, it's going to be a long day today. <laughs> yes. yes. And we kind of walked in already knowing no Casey Hayward, no D. Alford. So you're like, okay, okay. We're kind of on the struggle bus. But then, like you said, when AJ Terrell goes down, and then it just became like this trickle down effect of, of Mike Ford and Jalen Hawkins. Hawkins. And it's like, yeah. my God, the one area that we agreed on, at least in the beginning of the season, because thankfully we've started to give kudos to to other units within the de- the defense, right? But right. to start the season, we all thought the secondary was the strongest unit. And to see them decimated, it's like, my God, because really and truly, I was thinking to myself, thankfully, one of the things that we did see was pressure, right? And not yeah. just pressure in terms of QB hits or hurries, but we actually got sacks yesterday. So you would hope that the pressure would at least alleviate the pressure coming from up front would at least alleviate the pressure, different kind of pressure on the secondary. But my God, there was one example Jarvis just want to give real quick because I know we're going to deep dive into it as well. But literally Joe Burrow gets sacked by Lorenzo Carter. You're thinking, all right, all right. That probably staves off this particular uh, drive, right? I know what Joe Burrow did. Got right up off the turf and proceeded to march his team down the football field the way he did all afternoon long. So it was really one of those head scratchers like, man, yes, they held him to seven points in the second half, but that was probably more Bengals taking their foot off the gas than maybe what the Falcons did. But yeah, like you said, Jarvis, from the opening drive, you just felt like it was going to be a long day for the Falcons. No doubt about it. And the Falcons weren't willing to get up off the ground and, and make that necessary adjustment and try to get back into this game. They tried to stick with their game plan. And that's kind of the thing I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit mm-hmm. because I, we all know what the identity of this team is, right? The, Arthur Smith wants to run the football and he wants mm-hmm. to be consistent doing that. And he wants to do go off, off that consistency in the run game do the play action and, 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 and take shots downfield when, when they see fit. Mm-hmm. And 
when I knew that the NFL is a is a is a is a, is a league that evolves to it's a week to week thing. I know people think that's a cliche, but it is a real thing. When teams get film out on you, they're going to figure out how to stop you. And now Cincinnati Bengals didn't necessarily like shut them down completely right. because Falcons had moments where Tyler Algier was able to get yardage and everything mm-hmm. like that. And they started to get a little bit of momentum in that mm-hmm. run game. But overall, Cincinnati Bengals were well prepared for it. And I think that this is something we're going to have to figure out whether or not Arthur Smith is willing to put up with. Because once you get exposed, mm-hmm. we know the book is out. Teams are copycat. They're going to look at the film like, okay, how did they do it? This is how we're going to approach these teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that Arthur Smith is going to have to figure out whether or not he's willing to continue, whether or not he's going to be willing to to get exposed like this in this mm-hmm. manner. Because we know all the games have been close to you. Yes. This is the first time they got they they've got their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And they got their butts kicked because teams figured figured out what they got going on in the run game. And obviously he um Arthur Smith wasn't willing to throw the football more. Yeah, and, and you have to think that's for a reason that we know now know is obvious. Because think about this, Jarvis. If not for the Jameer, the Demir Bird 75-yard touchdown catch, that was really a, a lot of yak, right? A, a lot, lot of, of yak. yak. <laughs> and that was more Demir was than that open to. <laughs> Exactly. If you take away that 75, then he does Marcus Mariota's passing yards don't get over 100. That cannot happen in this league. I don't care how strong your run game is, because what it'll what it'll do, Jarvis, is it'll kind of make it a, a balance of like two thirds of you. You have the same number of possessions, right? You got right. nine. They got nine. The difference is the Bengals had a mixture, just enough run game to keep it. Keep them honest. Just enough run game. Like to keep literally just enough. Just enough. Just enough to <laughs> keep the Falcons <laughs> on the field and maybe move the chains like second down. Okay. And a quarterback it. sneak here and there. Yeah, like. yep. <laughs> That's all they were trying to do is just keep you honest and maybe keep you on the field a little bit longer, Falcons defense. But when you're talking about 66 plays in the nine possessions for the Bengals, but about 42 plays in the same nine possessions for the Falcons, Jarvis, that lends itself to just what you said, which is you're going to run it and the other teams have figured it out. And unfortunately, you don't have two things. Number one, you don't really have a counter to it. And I want to just say uh, one thing on, in that regard, a counter meaning this. If nothing else, Jarvis, get the ball out of your hand. Get the ball out of your hand. It was almost like a regression to the mean yesterday. I was watching the first half of uh, Dolphin Steelers. And one thing I can say about Tua, he was able to knock those numbers down. He was getting that ball out 1.5, two seconds, two and a half seconds max. Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota holding the ball for whatever reason. Okay, so that's part one. And then part two, which is what we teased earlier, and that is now you're starting to really see, okay, you kind of need CP back there. You need yeah. CP. Because he, he, he brings a different element. That's that Kyle Pitts element that we talked about that they haven't been able to take advantage of for some reason. But we'll talk about all of that in, in our deep dive. But T... <laughs> Gotta talk the Hawks. We gotta talk about the Atlanta yes. Hawks. They, they they started off two and zero, and then went into the game against the Charlotte Hornets. No um, Lamelo Ball, so like, all right, the, the Hawks Gary got this bad boy. Yeah, wow. we're thinking like that. This is how look. We're thinking like that, but uh, that don't mean the Hawks got to think like that. And, and I think <laughs> I think uh, Nate McMillan said uh, said it best in the post game press conference. 
we ain't play no blanking defense. How about that? And I, I, I was when I heard uh, Nick go off like that, I was like, yep, that's pretty much it right there. Story yeah. end of story. And the end, like period. He put a period on it right there because yes. literally, for me, it was like, oh God, no, it's eerily looking like last season. Don't do that. Don't start that same thing different day with us. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. the good of it is. I'm going to say it's not. Sometimes we all regress to the mean in in the way we approach things because the first two games were the first two games. You and I were at that first game. We saw it up front and we said, hey, while we don't like the numbers from the perimeter and the numbers at first were a little shaky from the field, if that is going to be what happens to give us more defense, then I'm fine because that was actually some of the good of what they were able to do in terms of you know shooting well i'll say on the offensive side right so sometimes that defense mm-hmm. that transition d led to offense for them and then they were able to get to the free throw line so that was actually something that we've seen them do consistently right but if you're out rebounding or at least staying in par with those two teams the first couple of nights right then right. i at least need to see you do that in game number three you shouldn't be out rebounded 52 to 45 especially on the defensive end and then on the offensive end, obviously, yes, you didn't play defense, but you also kept the ball. Wait, it was a little bit too much hero ball because you were up there with like 28, 29, 30 assists. And now just 23 may not seem like a big deal, but it does point to the fact that they weren't playing team ball last night. No doubt about it. And, and when you have guys like Nick Richards going for a, a 20 and 11 against you like it, it was just like it was just like easy for him i was just like man why is this dude out here balling like this is is this something i'm missing and i went in, you know check you know i had to go check up on the brother and see what's going on it was yeah. a second round pick yes you know i'm was, I was like come on now this is this should not be happening this yeah. guy should not be going off like this right. because guess what you know people seeing him seeing that game they're like oh the Hornets might have got somebody. They may have found yeah. somebody. No, no they didn't. the Hawks weren't putting in no deck on everybody boxing out and doing what they're supposed to do. And yeah. offensively, all right, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, hello. Yeah. Are y'all there? Anybody there? And Good. I think that Trey got him. I think Trey, I think the thing about Trey Young, he kind of got into like, oh, I got time to play hero ball. Yes. Going to it like like it was last year. No, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You have sets that you're supposed to run. Yes. Nate McMillan talked about that as well. Like you have a, a set set plays that you can run to get mm-hmm. you guys back into a rhythm and not yeah. have to play that hero ball because those days are over with. You have yeah, plenty exactly. of help. You ha- they have to be because like you have Dejounte Murray, you have mm-hmm. John Collins whose game is has flourished. Like yeah. a guy that you've seen what he's added to his game. You got a guy like Onyeka Congo who's added mm-hmm. the jump shot to his game as well. Mm-hmm. I'm on that. I'm on that bandwagon with you as well, T. Like you've been talking about this guy, how he's he's how he's flourished. I think that the Hawks have too many weapons for them to get stagnant and somebody sitting up here with the ball in their hands. Hey, mm-hmm. I got to take over this game. No, you don't have to do that unless it's a situation four quarter situation, last shot, game winner type situation. Yeah. Outside of that, there is no yeah. need for it. To, for us to see what we saw last night at State Farm Arena. Yeah, because that third quarter was a perfect example of that. You whittled the lead down to four at halftime, and all of us are thinking, well, it was four in the game Friday night. They were down four at halftime against the Magic, so we should be good. And then you come back in that third quarter, and Trey Young, great, thanks. You go on a 9-0 run. This is awesome, except 
he didn't get enough players involved in that 9-0 run because then the Hornets come right back and they go on a run and then there's nobody there to kind of pick up the offensive pieces, right? right to at yeah. least offset what the Hornets were able to do on their end of the court. So yeah, again, Jarvis and I know ATL Day One understands it is a small sample size, but yes. we do get slightly triggered when we see what we saw last week. But here's going to be the test, Jarvis. Wednesday, they start their five-game road trip at their nemesis, the thorn in their side from last season that confused oh, That sounds weird, but it's, it's true. This is true. He's speaking facts. <laughs> we shall see what this looks like on the other side of the first game of that road trip. No doubt about it. If you want to see what it looks like on betonline.net to try to figure out how to win some money, that's where you should go because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in all of your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. T, when you talk about the Falcons going against the uh, uh, the, the um, excuse me, against the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. on Sunday, you know, they were undefeated, but they are no longer undefeated when it comes to the spread. They did not cover last week, just in case you didn't notice. We talked about it early on. We're going to get into it a little bit more here and coming up in our deep dive. But if you're trying to figure out, you know, because BetOnline is the online source for all your sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. You listen to us as a podcast to get all your information about Atlanta sports and seeing what's going on. Why don't you go to BetOnline.net to get all your wagering information because that is the place to be. Georgia's coming back this week. They have a big game against Florida. What's the spread? What are you trying to figure out? Who's going to be the who's the who's the favorite? Get all that information at betonline.net because guess what guys? You can check it out on your mobile device as well. You know it's attached at the hip. It's attached to your hand. You're always looking at it. So get some information that's going to help you win some money because betonline is where the game starts. Yes. Now, unfortunately, the game ended yesterday in about the first, maybe early second quarter for the Falcons. Up first in five minutes of the quarter. Yes. <laughs> yes of course, I am being very, very liberal. Yes, you Falcons. are. <laughs> yeah, that game truly, truly ended before it ever, ever started. But Jarvis, to be fair, to be fair, that 35 to 17 did have a slight asterisk for the Falcons in that you literally saw the injury bug and you and I haven't covered this team, especially the last several years. It was just decimated. It never, it always comes in bunches, always comes in bunches and no different here. So you're looking at Jamar Chase, right? And the conversation we had Friday was, wow, this is going to be like Jamar Chase, AJ Terrell kind of part deux. Right, and yeah, yeah. We, we didn't really get that because poor A.J. Terrell went down so soon that Cornell Armstrong, who was just called up from the practice squad, had to guard this dude who had like, what, 100, ended up with 133 yards receiving something crazy. So, you know, that whole part was like, dang, I just feel sorry for the homie. But anyway, it is what it is. You, you know, you got thrown into the fire and that's what it was. But now that we know what we know, we know that A.J. Terrell could be down for a minute we know that we're looking at some shakiness with mike ford jalen hawkins still d offered or whomever now you're looking at a situation where maybe not against the panthers let's keep it real but maybe against some other teams explosive plays might actually continue to be an issue so if that's the case jarvis i was just thinking about this like is this one of those situations where you have to then look and say, okay, fine, if you're going to have explosive plays and that's what's going to get you your points, when the ball comes back to us, meaning the Falcons, what is it that we can do to counter that? Because you're not necessarily 
you're not necessarily getting it going in time of possession. So how do we get back in the game with time of time of possession, particularly with that poor showing of the ground game, if we continue to have Cordero Patterson not playing in this offense? I think one of the things that, you know, it's kind of two parts. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. from, start on the defensive side. When you think about those explosive plays that were given up, mm-hmm. one, I know one in particular, to, the one to Tyler Boyd, yes. Richie Grant got caught looking. He got caught yes. slipping. He had his eyes in the backfield, and, mm-hmm. and Tyler Boyd was on him before he even knew it. Yes. <laughs> and there was yes. nothing he could do about it once that ball was in the air. Because So that's a mental mistake. You can mm-hmm. fix those type of things, right? Sure. But the whole Cornell Armstrong piece, did you hope the offer comes back? Um, Darren Hall is, is going to be able to step up. And, you know, those are the, some of the things that, you know, that you that you can do. You can fix mm-hmm. those mental mistakes. I'm sure DNP is going to get that fixed sure. right away. And yeah. those and those guys understand. You can hear them at the game like, hey, we got to play better. We didn't play yeah. like we was up to our capabilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you have – when you're in those situations dealing with all of those injuries, it is very hard to make adjustments because – those guys just don't have the playing experience. They haven't played. Cornell Armstrong was just brought up off the practice squad. So, and right. he's guarding one of the better young wide receivers in the entirety of the NFL. Indeed. So that's something that's hard to adjust to, right? Mm-hmm. But what you can do mm-hmm. is you can correct the mental mistakes that you know that your regular guys made and and, and try to move forward on that end. But yeah. offensively, though, T, that's the thing that I think that that that's going to it's part of a, a a bigger picture conversation because oh, yeah. when you think about what Cordell Patterson brings to the table right mm-hmm. you can line up a wide receiver you can line up at yep. running back you, those are the type of things that get those we talked about on the show at plenty of times when you get defensive starting to think about outside things mm-hmm. like okay well Kyle Pitts plays wide receiver he plays tight end he lines mm-hmm. up in line he lines up outside the XZ yep. you know he lines up all over the field he goes cross motion across the uh, formation so those mm-hmm. extra things that you get to think about. And when you bring a guy like Cordell Patterson, who was was on pace for like a lot of yardage before oh, he went yeah. down on IR, though that stuff starts to matter. Like not mm-hmm. nothing against Tyler Algier and Caleb Hunt. I think they filled in as far as best mm-hmm. as they probably possibly could this, sure. thus far. But we can't not what Cordell Patterson is, and he is an absolute weapon. He yeah. was a guy that was – and I remember he was leading the league if he was right behind like Nick Chubb as yeah, far as uh, rushing yard and before he went down. He, they were one and two right there in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the NFL. And I don't there's no doubt in my mind that he would have been able at least to stay up there if he had not got hurt. So obviously, when your leading rusher goes down, mm-hmm. yeah, true enough, you want to have guys that can fill in next man up, but there is no you can't knock the talent of what of what Cordell Patterson brings to the table by you know bringing in some guys that may be as talented but they can't show that right now because they mm-hmm. just, these guys are, are young guys and they just started in the nfl we know what we're going to get with quarter patterson yeah. now here's an interesting thing jarvis and i'm going to throw just a little bit of an audible here but okay. you made me think of something with with the point that you just made about cp right because right. of his versatility he gives you something in the ground game that's a little more bruising i just suspect that he would have been able to get a little bit more out of the ground game yesterday but also like you said you can line him up as a receiver and he can just go but we also know that tyler algier and to some extent caleb huntley they have the, they have some, I'm not saying it's on CP's level, but they certainly right. have, have yeah. pass catchers. Now, I'm tying that back to our comments earlier about Marcus Mariota and comparing him to, say, just an example of Tua Tungavailoa and getting the ball out. 
-hmm. One of the things I want to see, and listen, Jarvis, you have played the game, so I'm going to make my comment, but I'm really looking to see what your comment is and your thought is as a former player. I There are certain things, like you said about Richie Grant, that's an easy correction for Dean Pease because Richie Grant has come light years from where he was a year yes, ago in terms of understanding the game and course correcting very quickly. Right. Marcus Mariota is six, seven years in this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, is there any way that Dave Ragone or somebody on that squad can get him back to saying, okay, can we at least on a consistent basis get you to release the ball quicker, just a hair quicker, get to your check down person. He did that last week. That's why he got offensive player of the week. And I do understand that was a different defense, but was it not still the 49ers? I mean, it's, it's still probably a better defense. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, yeah. you did it last week. Like, Give or take a few injuries, but, you know, it's still yeah, yeah. But the it was base still, of that defense. Yeah, you go. They're still, still facing yeah. a vaunted defense for all intents and purposes. So yes. my thing is you figured out a way to get the ball out of your hand quicker. You figured out a way how to see your check down, man, and get through your progressions and your reads much faster. I just feel like that's something that they need to keep drilling because if you're not going to go to the other guy, which obviously not because he must not be ready, then you've got to find a way to tweak some of these things and utilize Forget Kyle Pitts. We're not having that conversation today. Forget yeah. even the Drake London with the one catch. We're not going to have that conversation. Let's talk about utilizing them and maybe getting your short passing game going and starting to do a little bit more in that space of play action. I just felt like maybe that was one area where we could have seen a little bit more to maybe get the quote unquote short passing game going and maybe get something started with Mariota and his limited skill set. Yeah, he had, something has to be done. Uh, if you aren't going to go to, which I don't suggest you do, mm -hmm. going throwing the football 25 to 30 times a game, true, I get true, it. True. I, I understand why he doesn't do that because, you know, they just give it a buck because yeah. we saw that, that dude over there, right tackle, it, the, the, the dude from last year showed up. And yes. it was very clear. Yes, yes. Arthur Smith doesn't. Do we have enough time in the day, <laughs> I don't know if we got enough time to get into that. However, T. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> I, yeah, we can definitely get in that tomorrow for sure. Um, we're gonna dig a little deep into that tape, T. You know how I get sure. there. Now, I think that, but with Arthur Smith though, mm -hmm. I say this time and time again: he is one of the better play callers in the yeah. NFL because he puts his players in position to succeed. Mm -hmm. Like some guys who are hard headed when it comes to play calling, you know, the egos can, can get really big. Mm -hmm. You say, you know what? You're going to do it how I want you to do it. Yes. And some coaches may take Mar Marcus Mariota and say, you know what? I don't care about your 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 deficiencies as a as a as a passer, uh, going through your progressions and going through your checks downs and and taking not taking a sack and getting rid of the football. Yes. I don't care about that. We're going to go out here and do it. And if you're not able to do it, we're just going to just but it is. But no, nah, Arthur Smith's not doing it. He's he's sticking within what the man can do. And mm -hmm. they ran into uh, absolute. Buzzsaw. They this was the worst case scenario because guess what, y'all Falcons fans, they ain't, they're not gonna face Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins every week. That's yeah. that's that's just that's the facts of the case, right? <laughs> Those are the facts of the case. They're not gonna do that. So mm -hmm. I think that true enough, yeah, they got exposed. They ripped the band-aid off, whatever cliche you want to use. The Falcons got their butts handed to them. And it was the, at the worst possible time because, like I said, they were dealing with all these injuries in the, in the secondary. And and I think that those are some of the things you have to kind of keep in mind as we go through the season. Because true enough, 
Arthur Smith has to do something. Some yeah. Dave Ragon has to do something. They have to put some stuff in there that's going to be easy for him to make those reads and not necessarily one and go. Or if it's not there, take off a run. Or, you know, you got to set up some check downs for him. Yes. You know, some, yes. that, that that you know that he can go to once, you know, if you get the right the right necessary look or the right coverage that you want, that you mm-hmm. know that the defense is going to give you. So all of those things kind of come into play when it comes to game planning. And Marcus Mariota is going to have to speak up about what he's comfortable with. He talked about how he's doing that now. He's going to have to do that even more because Mm -hmm. you're just just as uh, accountable for your success as Arthur Smith is. Indeed. And amazingly, Jarvis, somehow, someway, the Falcons still sit atop the NFC South. And why do I make mention of that? Because that is the league that we are working with this particular season. I mean, you have like two and three-way races in each and every division, and the NFC South is no different. So if you want to listen, you know, obviously you're going to listen to us for predictions, right, on the upcoming game against the Panthers. But if you want to hear about predictions on some of the key matchups that are key for this upcoming week eight, go no further than Locked On Sports, specifically the NFL key predictions on Locked On NFL. Now, of course, we always appreciate you making Locked On Sports Atlanta your first listen each and every day, but please also check out every Friday Locked On NFL. Local experts will give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night. And I actually looked at the schedule for next week, and there's some good ones, guys, for week eight. Vikings Cardinals, Saints Raiders, Rams 49ers, Bills Packers, and of course, Browns Bengals. So if you want to get some betting advice from the league's experts, Jarvis already told you about it, betonline.net. They're partners for Locked On NFL. So every Friday, definitely get them on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Check out Locked On NFL to know what's going down with the key matchups in the league. Yeah, they got they got all the experts. Just like y'all come through us for Atlanta sports, go and check out NFL Key Prediction. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes what we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. T is going down. Jackson State versus Southern. Um, <laughs> they will be take ESPN game day. We'll be going down there. T, how about that? prime time and the prime time in the mornings of probably one of the most storied shows pregame shows that i've ever seen in my lifetime and when you think about espn game day going down there and setting up shop and being down there and being in that atmosphere i think it's going to be a party oh my goodness think it's going to be a party (laughs) man listen other nights already travel well let's just start right yeah yeah yeah. we know we know what time it is like they yeah they are um, that that fan base travels extremely well and that's not exactly a difficult drive from Baton Rouge to Jackson so I I just know it's going to be so much fun exciting to have game day down there for homecoming they're going to see homecoming is different at an HBCU so everybody get ready Lord Yes, mm-hmm. it does start about <laughs> Wednesday night of one week and ends about Monday morning the next. So everybody should be prepared. But yeah, that's going to be really, really exciting because obviously it's two of the titans, you know, of, of the swag. No matter what the records look like, doesn't matter. All that matters is that those are two of the titans and it's going to be interesting. But not everybody is as excited as we are word on the street is Jarvis. I, I, I don't understand. Please, please make it make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't get that part of it, right? When you think about, like, because I think it was. I was looking at it 
Um, I had looked it up real quick. It was, um, I think that had been three times before I know it was a FAMU game back mm-hmm. in 05 and then the SWAC MEAC challenge. They were down there as well. So not many times have they been down there at an HBCU or an HBCU homecoming, that is, which is right. the perfect time to go down there yeah. and kind of get it in. You know you know what I mean, T. Oh, yeah. uh, but, I, I, okay. but for the folks that are not interested in that and aren't favorable to them going down there turn the channel yeah i mean it, it, like it, it's it, it's 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 really simple it's, all you gotta do is take that remote control point it at your television or take that clicker or your uh or, or game controller however you you know do your streaming however you get down you can take that bad boy hit that dog on s button or you can hit that channel up button and you can yeah. go on about your business and you can watch your games that the yeah. place that you begging for them to be Mm-hmm. And, and come down to you can watch that game and, and, and go on about your way and live on your merry life because guess what they're going down there they're going to be there and it's going to be a movie definitely and once they go and they figure out what they have been missing all this time i promise you they'll probably make at least one more trip every single season because what that game is going to show is really what college football is all about let's be real When we go to even a Falcons game versus, say, a Georgia game, or when we cover Falcons versus Georgia, it's a different feel. It's a different feel. It's very personal when it's college football because you're probably rooting for that team. Your whole family may have gone to that school. And so there's that tradition, if you will. So Mm -hmm. I just think that you're going to see, for those who, who do care to watch, who don't maybe know what's going on. I'll say this real quick, Jarvis. I can remember when Southern came to Georgia uh, to play UGA. And man, you know, UGA rolled out the red carpet, right? I mean, literally had this special, and I was with my cousins who were like super fans and super alumni, super donors. Give to Southern and Jackson State, just my PSA. So alumni. So yeah, they they give. And so they came in (laughs) for that particular game and kind of got the red carpet treatment. And it was so cool because the Georgia fans, they made an entire section for all of the Southern fans, but, you know, still interacting with them. But there was just really a a lot of respect for the pageantry of what it was about understanding that in HBCU land is more than a football game. So they stayed for the fifth quarter and they got to perform where, you know, UGA's uh, band normally performs and almost every fan stayed. Yeah. Almost every so it's it's a it's it's the traditional piece there of it being like a family reunion that I still think the average football fan is going to appreciate and the product on the football field is good. If you guys have not seen Jackson State, which will have all but one game on an ESPN network this entire season, you need to check it out because they are doing some special things in Jackson, Mississippi. One more word of advice, Jarvis. One more PSA before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. That PSA is this. For you all who are traveling to Jackson, Mississippi this coming weekend, you should know the do's and don'ts of homecoming. If you get an email, a text message, a DM that says, hey, big head, be careful. Do watch yourself if you got a ring on your fourth finger. I'm just saying. Also. Ain't been homecoming in years, T. Mm -hmm. That's for people not named Jarvis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things hit different. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. The don't of homecoming. Literally and figuratively. 
Right. So don't go homecoming is don't do what I did this weekend. And I know better, Jarvis. We went down to Spellhouse's homecoming and I had people that I needed to meet from a mm-hmm. professional perspective and then just some people I hadn't seen in a while and bless the hearts of the people I was with, love them to pieces, but they just didn't want to move like I wanted to move. And so if you're not careful with homecoming, you'll stop and you'll see one person that you haven't seen in years. And then it's an entire like two hours later and you've never hit the whole like space. you need to hit all the angles all the angles so if you see your buddy from your you know freshman dorm wave keep it pushing if you see the person you know if it's your line sister your big sister your little sister sorority fraternity give them love give them respect keep it pushing too many people too much food and too much entertainment for you to just be stuck in a corner so that's your do's and don'ts for today I'll give you some more to sprinkle along the week so you'll be ready when you hit Jackson. Just say. We, we thank you for appreciating the uh, talent and entertainment that you get from Locked On Sports Atlanta by making us your first listener of the day, T. But for your next listen, y'all need to go check out Locked On the Sports Today podcast. They have the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the vaunted, the illustrious take of the day. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Got to appreciate that because, hey, there's breaking news in the sports landscape all over the place. So you get it from Locked On Sports Today if it's national, and you get it from us if it is local to this sports scene. So, you know, tomorrow, Jarvis and I still have a lot of stuff to dig into as it relates to the Falcons-Bengals game. And we'll start to kind of look ahead to that Panthers game as well. We'll give a little bit more to you on the Hawks because we still have some thoughts. So have some thoughts about the Hawks and anything else on the sports landscape. Absolutely make sure. And one more thing, guys. Don't know if you see this, but this little pink bracelet I have lets you guys know that I have been a cancer survivor for five years. So this is just me telling you guys, first of all, thank God I am still here to talk about it. And listen, early detection is so, so critical. So if you haven't taken care of that yet, male or female, by the way, make sure you get those exams and take care of your health. And it's a beautiful day. Go out. Enjoy the day. We sure will. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?